Welcome to Bloom Together, the podcast where we cultivate education leadership, innovation, and impact, one conversation at a time. Join us as we learn from visionary leaders, share inspiring stories, and uncover strategies that drive meaningful change in K-12 education throughout Idaho and beyond. All right, greetings and good day, podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Bloom Together. I am Mike Caldwell, your host, and today we're in beautiful Bancroft, Idaho at North Gem School District, and joining me for this podcast is fourth grade teacher and curriculum director, Sam Wadsworth. Sam, thanks for joining me. Thank you. And I snagged Sam from um, recess duty, is that right? Well, not recess duty, but it's but recess. recess. Right. So he has a short break with, with the students, so just um, plugging him in here. So thanks for joining me um, for this podcast. So Sam, we'd like to start with story and in kind of setting the stage for our conversation. So I'm going to turn it over to you to share a story, whatever you'd like. Okay. Um, uh, I, I left this North Gym some time ago and, and spent a couple of years teaching in, in uh, Thurkle Elementary in, in Soda Springs and... And then I had the opportunity to come back. And when I came back, things were in disarray. <laughs> there was they, they hadn't replaced me. They hadn't they hadn't found someone to, to manage their curriculum. And so uh, I started looking at the numbers, and they were down. Um, and some things had slipped. And so I dusted off my copy of the the national um, uh, what do they call it? The national board of reading panel. The national reading panel and. Uh, made a, a poster and we sat down as a group and we talked about each item and figured out where we were uh, in that and what we needed to do and made a list of things, you know, corrections that we needed to be needed to be made. And uh, what, one of the major things we found out was that we kind of stopped teaching phonics. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's boring. <laughs> what can you say? You know? And so people are always looking for something more fun or more whatever. And they, they had fallen off the bandwagon. And so uh, we had to retrain everybody. We got everybody back on board and the numbers came right back up. Um, but, uh, but that's how we did it is we, we just went itemized it. And it took me about three years to get it back online, to get everything back online. But uh, that, that meeting and that day led to, this day. Well, thanks for sharing that story. Um, I had the pleasure of, of joining you at 7 a.m. this morning and, and to, to observe and, and listen in on your RTI meeting. It sounds like it's a monthly meeting. It's a, it is a monthly meeting, yeah. yes. Yeah, so we'll get into that and kind of the strategies that you have put in place um, since you've been here and kind of the work that you guys are doing. And uh, you have a lot to be proud of. Before we go into, into some of those things, why don't you elaborate a little bit on your background and you and your experience um, as a school teacher and curriculum director and and all those types of things. Yeah, it it just kind of fell into place. I don't I don't think a school district our size has anybody like me. I think I'm I think I'm unique. I would agree. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> In my short time getting to know you, yeah. right? Um, and and I was you know at first I was just a, a brand new teacher came here. Um, uh, and I and I I had eight students, and it was awesome. <laughs> you know, they paid me for this, so I had a great time. But I spent a huge amount of time trying to figure out where these kids were. There just wasn't a tool available to to figure out where they were. I, I would I had a Stiglitz reading inventory, and I would record kids and 
do things like that. And it, it was just totally ineffective, you know. Um, and in time, we, we adopted the AR program and we adopted intensive phonics. And our reading scores shot up. They just went clear, I mean, crazy. I mean, it was, it was almost like a miracle. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have believed it. I was trained in whole language. Mm-hmm. And I was all about Ken Goodman and immersing kids in language. And, uh, and I just, there was a problem with whole language. And it, it was, there was this hole there. There was no phonics. And yeah. people just felt like, you know, we just don't need to anymore. And they were wrong. And we know that now. Right, and, and so we we started going to phonics, and we started being a lot more successful. And uh, when we went to, uh, I think the thing that really changed the game for us, as far as reading instruction goes, was when when uh, the state went to the I Station program mm-hmm. and did an electronic ISIP. Yep, and uh, suddenly we had data, and we had quality data really good data and we can, and I saw immediately we can use this. And so I sat down with the second grade teacher. Um, we pinned out our plan and we made it happen. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and you're seeing great success. I mean, we, right. we, we looked through some data today and, but spring of 2023, North gym, 86.8% um, of all the students at grade level. Correct. Um, and you have a whole county accountability board kind of in this main hall here on ISAT data and IRI data and, and you're looking at that and, and you're keeping that updated kind of on the month-to-month basis or whatever you can update right on, on a month-to-month basis yes. and so so obviously data is, a, is an important part of the work that you do and focusing on that and I saw that this morning in your in your IRI or I'm sorry here RTI meeting this, this morning so talk about what are some of the the goals that you guys have as a school district when it comes specifically to reading like what what is your goal here you know the goal used to be 80 <laughs> percent, so now we need a new goal um and and it's we get to a point where we get high enough that it's not really about the instruction it's not about the curriculum it's not about the, the responding to intervention it has more to do with with the problems that the groups of children have mm-hmm and there are some students that are chronic. You know, they have cognitive issues. They're not going to go away, but they can grow. And so that's kind of where we, we focus there. We want everybody to grow. That's something we can do with everyone. Yeah. Um, and then the numbers take care of themselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, it's a good way to kind of put your focus around their growth. And, and I think that's, that's why is it kind of helps you kind of... Um, really zero in on each student and what they where they're at and where they can go and 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 really pushing that so what are some of the key metrics that you really pay attention to in kind of achieving that growth goal the, your growth goals and, and your kind of overall school goals what are some of those things that you really zero in on that um, that make a difference in you achieving that uh, we really we have you know, we used to do a screen test and, and things like that, but but with the with the iStation program, they take care of all that for us. And so, initially, we just look at the overall reading score, and if a child drops below uh, the 40th percentile, or or if and, and even they don't even have to drop below the 40th percentile. That's just kind of a number we picked plucked out of the hat. Um, if we are concerned about them in any way, we 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 flag them. Mm-hmm. And so we put them on the reader board, and so and we basically just use the iStation program, and we get new data every single month, and 
Um, the iStation program has some issues just because it's a computer problem, a, a, a computer platform, and we're mm-hmm. dealing with tiny children, and they <laughs> they do strange things. And and, and uh, you noticed in our RTI meeting, we talked a lot about personality issues and just things. Uh, we, we do rely a lot on teacher judgment as well, mm-hmm. but but as far as data goes, metrics we use we use the iStation. We also uh, use AR for some background data, and that that can help us, but not always. But yeah. Help, help some maybe are less informed, you know, or people that are not maybe elementary age teachers and, you know, talk about what is iStation, you know, oh. let's break that down and, <laughs> and AR, you know, we all know, but kind of elaborate on, on what those things right. mean. AR stands for accelerated reader and, and we've been doing it for, and that's like a program. It is a, it is a computer platform. Um, it, it's, it doesn't teach anything. It's not part of the curriculum. What it does is it provides us the data. It tells us about how well children are reading, um, how much they're reading, um, at what quality, uh, you know, how much practice they're getting. It'll tell us how many words they've read, you know, all kinds of uh, snippets of information that we can glean. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of people think that it teaches comprehension. That's not true. That doesn't happen. We just get data from it, and right. then we do the iStation which is another computer platform and it's more of a it's a diagnostic assessment and and every month the children are diagnosed uh, as to where they are on on various um, science of, of of reading categories yep and it and if in, in kindergarten it will look different than third grade depending on what skills we're working on um, but but it will give us month by month data which is incredible and it's you know, if you can get the child to do it right, it, it's pretty accurate. Right. And, and we, we rely on it heavily. Yeah. You know, when, when I was observing your, your RTI meeting this morning, you had, you know, you're going through grade by le- grade level by grade level and talking to about individual students that are on your, what do you call the board? The reader board? The reader yeah. board. Is that what it's called? Okay. <laughs> That's what we call it. Students <laughs> that are, you know, that are, you know, struggling in different, different areas. And so kind of the, your, your focus students, um, it wasn't unlike I could imagine a doctor or a, a group of doctors kind of getting together to talk about a particular patient and what symptoms they're seeing and what what different uh, things that they've tried to 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 help with their symptoms and those types of things and that's kind of kind of what you're doing right you're taking each student and really looking at what's what's the data telling you and what have we tried and and then the teachers are sharing with each other like what what what's been successful for them and talking about different strategies and so that's got to be a big part of your success is kind of those types of conversations well it's the you know the magic of small i guess you know we know these kids and and they're children of children i taught in many cases um uh i've known them since some of them Many of them since they were born, you know, and, right. and so it's 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 very personal, and and we do have a lot of knowledge about these kids that might not be available to someone in a much larger school. Sure, yeah, you have that third grader, that second grade teachers probably had you know had them the year before, right. and so on and so forth. Probably not all, all always the case, but you, that there's really that uh, that knowledge that carries over about the student and what what works and doesn't work and. Well, there's this constant give and take 
sure. know, of information, you know, oh yeah, he did that when he was in my class or, or, or I, you know, his father did this or, you know I mean? And we just have this, this background and, and it provides us with a, with a, with a solid platform. We can make much better decisions about what students need and what will help them. So beyond the RTI focus that you guys have here and, and what you're doing to kind of zero in on those students, can you talk a little bit about what are the other kind of school-wide strategies that you have for reading and specifically whether it's curriculum or instruction strategies or kind of things that you guys do that really lead to the success that you've, you, you, you have? Could you elaborate on any of those? Yeah, we've, we've had to make some changes um, we, well, we make changes all the time, you know, as, as we've gone. It's, I've been here so long and it's just a jumble of, <laughs> you know, of, of different situations and things and reasons why we do things. But uh, we got away from the basal readers. We tried to get away from those. Uh, we still use them. What's a basal reader? Oh, sorry. No, nope, that's okay. <laughs> For, thank, I get I'm talking. thank goodness in these conversations, I was a high school principal, so some of these are very new to me. So I'm I'm channeling the the probably the questions that our audience might have as well. Like what what is he talking about? All right. Uh, traditionally, we when we would buy a reading program, it comes with a teacher's handbook, and there'll be. There'll be an entire language arts program in there. It'll be grammar and spelling and and comprehension skills and fluency skills and phonics skills. All those skills will be in one thing, and and you'll teach a story, and there'll be a lesson on each one of those items. Um, and 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 they tend to be shabby. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, you know, they're trying to sell a book. We're trying to teach kids to read, and we're not. We kind of miss each other somewhere along yeah. the line. There's a lot of real problems with them. Yeah. They have too many activities. The activities sometimes are not very well done. Um, somebody's just throwing them together, and, and quite often done by people who don't have a lot of experience teaching. They're doctors and uh, who went and got their doctorate degrees, and now they're writing curriculum and never been in the classroom never, actually. or spent yeah. the minimum, you know, two or three years and, right. or, you know, whatever their state required. Um, and so sometimes the, we just, there's a lot of problems with it. And, and we, we tend to, so you got rid of those. We got rid of them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we still use them K K three uh, or no K two. Um, we recently switched K three out. Now we go to a literature based program, and we found a, a Louisiana Believes program written by teachers. The state of Louisiana wrote it. It was free. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's always nice. <laughs> yeah, that's always nice. And and now we we read novels. Um, we're about to start the Lightning Thief in the fourth grade, and we'll teach all of our reading lessons right out of the out of the, out of the novel. So it's more realistic and um, and uh, more engaging. Yeah. Um, it just we just seem to do a lot better. We, we, there's writing connected with it, which helps us in the ISAT, and um, it's just a, it's just a better program, a better way to teach reading. I think. Yeah, and earlier you mentioned kind of going back to, to phonics, away from the whole language, and so what does that what does that look like on a day to day basis here at, at North Jam from a <clears throat> instructional standpoint, u- using phonics and decoding and coding all those types of things that well. Are important we want those kids to read by the second grade that's that's their job and and the teachers understand that your job is to create readers you know we want you to teach math too <laughs> but you're as a former math teacher that's that's <laughs> nice to hear that there, there's still right. some math instruction happening. right okay thanks but your primary purpose <laughs> is to create readers and uh, and so 
we, we do that primarily through phonics. But you saw today that not everybody responds well to phonics um, for, for one reason or another. And there are very specific problems you're going to see when you go through, and, and fluency is, is one of those things. Um, and so, so you just have to adjust, and, and so we, we spend a lot of time working on that. And I, when, I, when we started doing this, I thought, I planned on having a wide variety of reading difficulties that we would deal with. We don't. We pretty much have one, and it's fluency. Um, we do have issues with comprehension, but comprehension is a, is a tough one. Uh, if you're going to teach a canned system, you know, comprehension is 100% background knowledge. And if the child doesn't know anything about the story you're reading or whatever passage they give them, and, and you know, you're going to get a skewed score. You're not going to get a true score. And so it can bounce around and, and cause some issues. And I'm really confused about how they measure comprehension, actually. But but we see issues with comprehension pretty regular. And, and quite often it's it's just that the, the test itself is timed and they're, the children are slow and sometimes they don't, don't get know. all the way through the path right they yeah they get frustrated you know they're just things you know um technologies like that you right know, it's it's yeah. inhuman and yeah. so <laughs> yeah, I noticed, it treats them that way i noticed this morning there was quite a bit of conversation around text uh, uh fluency that came up over and over as 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 an as an issue and part of it you that you guys discussed was the challenge with the timed test part of it where you know this particular student, you know, is they just take longer. You know, right. they 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 can read the words, but it's just not in the time that they're given in that right. test. How how you know frequent are you seeing that as a, as an issue? Well, we we have we have forty two students that we test currently, um, and at the beginning of the year we had seventeen students that were having some sort of problem, um, and then we'll we'll work with them and we will drop them off. By the end of the year, we'll have, probably have five or six maybe as many as eight, but those that once again are those chronic kids who have cognitive issues or sometimes they have a chronic emotional issue, you know, that, that's keeping them from, from thriving. But uh, those the kids that don't have those, those stumbling blocks, always we test them right out. Yeah. And what are some of the s- instructional strategies that you guys use here for specifically for that, when you target in on on text fluency, what are what are you guys doing to try to to improve that aspect of of, of reading? What are some of those strategies? Well, the, I there are strategies, but basically it all comes down to the same thing: it's repeated readings, and you're you're going to have to do repeating reading. And there are different ways to do that. Um, one of the things we talked about this morning is we we had a child that's not listening to herself read, and she's reading nonsense. So the strategy that was suggested was we'll get some shooting headphones. Shooting headphones? Shooting, you know, you would use to in a firing range to, to shoot a gun. Oh, ah, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. And so they tend to be pretty effective about drowning out the noise, and they can hear nothing but their voice. Ah, okay. And it just yeah. echoes in their head as they read. And we encourage them to pay attention to what they're reading, pay attention to the punctuation. Um, and they it helps them to make corrections immediately and so they don't they don't get to the end of the page and have no clue what's what's going on yeah you can you can do things like uh uh, echo reading where you read the sentence they read the sentence and as they get better you can read the paragraph they read the paragraph or and or the page and they read the page um 
just anything you can manage. I've, I've even given kids a, a book or, or a passage and said, you know, I want you to go out into the school and find three people to read this to, you know, and they, some kids hate it and other kids love it. Right. You know, uh, just anything you can do to get them to reread it. Yeah. And, and fluency starts to, to come along. And then, of course, you, you always had, you need to have opportunities where you sit down with the child and give them feedback. You yeah. Know, that needs to happen pretty regular. And what you're just describing, so if text fluency is, is a common challenge, and, and not just here at North Gem, I see that in oh, yeah, IRI yeah. data across the board, but what you're talking about is a strategy that is not something that you have to have a teaching credential to do, right? That's reading and listening to the child read and then reading you know, them. No, that's a great opportunity that. for sure. parents at home, sure. right? And in a perfect partnership, that's happening because right. you only have so much time here in, in school and you still have to teach some math every once in a while and some other <laughs> things. So it's not always about just reading. Right. You have to have recess and, 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 and lunch and those types of things. So so that might be something also, hopefully we have some parents listening that hopefully encouraging them to do that. I know you guys do that and all schools are always pushing that to you know bring books home and have the having those parents really be an active partner in, in the learning process. Correct. Yeah. Um, so what do you see as the greatest area of opportunity? Like things that you're working on right now as maybe like where you really want to improve or, or grow as a school or even as a teacher? Wow. Areas of opportunity. And, and there are always so many opportunities <laughs> more than I can manage. In a day, you know? <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, I don't know. I mean, you've kind of got me on that one. Uh, um, are we talking about just reading, or are we talking about the school in general, or yeah, specifically for reading, like where where you see maybe your, you know, maybe an area of weakness that you say, well, we need to get better at X, or oh. we need more maybe professional development on 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 this, or we need to spend more time doing whatever. Yeah, I think probably the the greatest challenge that we have right now is that is that our teachers aren't we're getting teachers that aren't trained. God bless them. You know, we, we need them. We want them, but they haven't been trained. And, yeah. and so they don't know what they need to know. And we're having to, and you saw some of that today in RTI, our, our newest teacher who is wonderful. Um, and we're happy with her, but she's being, you know, what, what does she call it? Uh, uh, being, she was drinking from a fire hose. That's yeah. what she called it. Yeah. <laughs> so, she just a lot of information and sure. there's a lot to know. There's a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I thought just kudos to you and your team. You know, you have, and I think every school has, you know, younger teachers and, and or teachers that are just frustrated because it's so daunting of what you're trying to do. But to have someone like you that is so reassuring to them in that moment and, you know, saying things like, you know, I've been there, you, you know, you're, 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 you're fine. This, you know, and, and then other teachers adding, like try, you know, giving them some ideas of uh, advice and things like that. So when you're bringing those teachers together and talking about these really difficult things um, and you, you know, obviously there's, there's going to be some frustration because it's really hard work, but I just would, thought it was really cool how you were very reassuring to this young teacher on how to, you know, stay positive and and know that it's all part of the process right right and you know it's we call it a practice we're practicing you know you, you teaching is a practice no different than a doctor or a lawyer you learn you learn as you go and you know you go to the, you go to college they teach you a great deal and then you come back and wonder 
if you shouldn't go back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're a very small rural school here in Southeast Idaho. What do you see as some of the advantages and disadvantages of being in a small school like this? You know, the advantage, and we've kind of mentioned it, is is the relationships, powerful relationships. And you, you can't just let a child slip beneath, you know, through the cracks because that's, that's so-and-so's kid, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and you need that person because, yeah, you, know they, you know, yeah. you know them and, and you have a wide variety. It's like a web. It's, you know, we'd like to talk about community all the time, but in a tiny little rural school like this, it's more like a tribe. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, we're all related in some way or another. We're, we're, we're connected and, and in interpersonal ways. And, and uh, so there's that, uh, probably a disadvantage is, is sometimes there can be a niche you know, that kid's the funny kid. His job is to make jokes. My job's to sit back and relax. That's the smart kid. He answers all the questions, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Uh, so diversity can be a bit of an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, just, a, just a diversity of ideas and yeah, things. You know, they sure. all have the exact same culture, the exact same values, the exact same And it's hard for them sometimes to understand, you know, why would somebody feel this way or why would this happen in a book and, or, or you know, right. Um, and I have to say, I spent, well, they don't know what a subway is, you know, <laughs> we'll read us about a subway. And, oh my gosh, it's not a store. You know? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a train and it goes underground and you know, that, yeah, yeah, what? <laughs> what? And you pay to write it. And, uh, you know, things like that. I've had kids that, uh, have never been in a McDonald's, never been on a vacation. Um, or, or if they do vacate or have a vacation, they just go camping, you know, right, yeah. down the road here. Yep. So, <laughs> so that that's another another issue, you know, that we deal with. Not always, but but often they yeah. they're often very afraid to leave, terrified of college, things like that. There's something about being small. I don't know. Others look down. You know, they think if you went to a small school. Uh, you pop, couldn't possibly have had the opportunities I've had. You couldn't be as smart as me. But, you know, I'm thinking in my first class, one of those kids became a doctor. Another's a very successful businessman. Another one is a electrical systems engineer. I, I talked to him recently, and he just came back from Holland, you know, yeah. <laughs> and Bali, you know. He's, he's doing all these amazing things. And he was one of my little third graders, Yeah, you know, of that class of eight. Yeah. And some of those kids uh, that I taught that first year, their kids are in the, the class that I have this year, you know. That's so, so cool. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty, pretty neat to, to be in it that long and to, to, to teach students of your pr- previous students and then also see those, those original students grow into great adults that, you know, that yeah, they do grow up, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, to close out any, other comments or, or or thoughts on this on this topic, and any questions maybe that I didn't ask that uh, you'd like to share about your school and what you're doing here. You know, I don't think that we're doing anything crazy. You know, um, we're just caring, and I think maybe that's the greatest power of the small school is it's love. Yeah, it really is. And I know you're not supposed to say that. It's not professional. Why? I don't know. Uh, but but if, you know, who told if, you that? If a male teacher says you love the kids. <laughs> People get scared, <laughs> yeah. <you know>? yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but but it's just it's just that's what it is, and and uh, we we just sit down and say, look, this is this is what we have. This is the information we have. What are we going to do about it? Are we just going to look the other way? 
Are we going to make it happen? Yeah. And that's just it. We're professionals. We take the hard cases. We make it happen. That's yeah. why we're here. Yep. And Absolutely. And you're, you're seeing the results. I got to see kind of the under the hood of what, how you guys work together. And I was, I was really impressed and, and uh, thankful that I was able to observe that and super thankful that you'd join me for this podcast and, and share your story and this will go out to the rest of the world and hopefully they'll learn from you. So thanks Sam and good work and congratulations to the, all the success you, you guys have had and, and the good work that your teachers are doing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us to explore education, leadership, innovation, and impact here on Bloom Together. We encourage you to continue these dialogues in your communities, classrooms, and organizations. Be sure to visit bloom.org slash together where you can discover more episodes or click join the conversation if you'd like to be a guest. Until next time, keep learning, keep blooming, and keep making an impact one conversation at a time.